Welcome to $100 Plus Mileage, the podcast about New Hampshire legislation that might not make the news, but still could impact you. This year, the New Hampshire legislature is voting on over a thousand proposals about new laws and changes to old ones. We break down the unbiased facts, pros and cons, and tell you how to get involved. I'm Anna Brown, Director of Research and Analysis for Citizens Count. And I'm Mike Dunbar, Content Editor for Citizens Count. You've seen them as you drive down the highway, wooden crosses or other homemade monuments on the side of the road that memorialize somebody who passed away in a car accident. These memorials occupy a legal gray zone in New Hampshire, but that hasn't stopped them from becoming pretty commonplace and increasingly ornate. A bill in the legislature, though, would crack down on these roadside memorials and direct the Department of Transportation to dispose of them 90 days after the incident that they memorialize. Anna, this was one of those topics where when I saw it, I was tempted to pass it by, but as I thought about it more, it seemed like one of those things that could kind of get people fired up. I can attest to the fact that I have heard this debated several times in the legislature over more than a decade. It is an ongoing, surprisingly spicy issue. People have really strong feelings so yeah, let's talk this through. Let's talk through the policy puzzle. Well, well, we'll start with, you know, I said they occupy a legal gray zone. So can you tell us more about where the New Hampshire law stands with regard to these roadside memorials? So under RSA 236-29, the Department of Transportation has the authority to remove obstructions from most types of highways in New Hampshire. However, it's not always clear what qualifies as a quote-unquote obstruction. So sure, if someone erects a large granite monument to a loved one along the side of the highway, that would clearly count as an obstruction. You can't so have like, like an block. obelisk just yeah, kind right. of towering. Yeah, right. You can't have like pyramids yeah. or, right. or full-on <laughs> grave. You're like someone might crash into it, frankly, right. and die. But a wooden cross is not so clear-cut. So according to the DOT, which stands for Department of Transportation, the law just isn't explicit enough. And as you might imagine, the family members who create these memorials are often outraged when DOT workers remove them. So the department believes that HB 1553 could clarify the rules around roadside memorials and reduce these conflicts. Right. I can totally imagine that situation where you have a grieving family member maybe coming to tend to a memorial or something on the side of the road, and then they confront some poor Department of Transportation worker who just has the job of removing these monuments because you I mean, you can't let all of them just kind of stay there forever. So Yeah, he might be mowing, you know, they, they tend to right. the, the side of the highways, yeah. Right. So how does HB 1553 handle this issue? So HB 1553 is a 2022 bill written to give more teeth to that current law about obstructions. So the bill would prohibit roadside memorials located within the right-of-way of a primary or secondary highway. So right-of-way basically means sort of there's like a little bit of like kind of a buffer zone on the sides and in between. So the Department of Transportation would also be required to remove any roadside memorials 90 days from the date of the event being memorialized. And so that detail is there because it would stop someone from simply erecting a memorial every 90 days. You know, if it said it can only be up for 90 days, then maybe they go for 90 days, remove it, wait a little while, put another one up, et cetera. So the bill would add this exact text to the current law. No roadside memorials are permitted within the right of way of any primary or secondary highway. If not removed pursuant to RSA 236 colon 29, 
the Department of Transportation shall remove and dispose of any roadside memorial after 90 days commencing from the date of the event being memorialized. So I watched this hearing for this bill online, and it was Representative Eaton, who's actually the one sponsoring the bill. And he got up and argued that roadside memorials in New Hampshire have just gotten out of hand. So while the tradition of marking a fatal crash site with like a wooden cross or something dates back probably decades or more, it's kind of becoming commonplace to make these elaborate memorials with like battery operated lights and artificial flowers and all these accessories with them, which, you know, first of all, they kind of pose a safety hazard. They become distracting for drivers. They can also result in cars parked along the side of a busy road. So like the family member who wants to tend to the flowers or something, suddenly they're at risk of being struck by passing cars. So, you know, maybe there is some danger there. Well, and there's also the challenge for Department of Transportation road crews who are charged with mowing and maintaining the area around a road. And sometimes then they get put in the uncomfortable situation of being like the bad guy. And so there was an example that came up in the bill hearing. So imagine an accident takes place, a drunk driver causes a crash, kills another driver, and then both families want to put up memorials to their dead loved ones one commemorating the person who caused the crash, another one honoring the victim. And then DOT might be brought into the middle and, oh my gosh, it could be a mess. Yeah, it feels like with every one of these topics we cover that seems so straightforward, there's always this pile of unintended consequences I'd never even thought of. Like, if we hadn't researched this podcast, my first inclination would be, you know, just let people put up a little cross if they want to, who cares? But it's clearly a lot more complicated than that. And that said, some people think this bill is a bad idea. So what do they say about it? So at the Senate hearing on this bill, some senators took issue with the way it was written. So for example, Senator Waters argued that the DOT already has the authority needed to take down these memorials because they can remove obstructions. So just call roadside memorials obstructions and be done with it. There's also an argument that the bill might be a little self-contradictory because it says the memorials are prohibited, but then it also says remove them after nine days. So if they're prohibited, why wouldn't you just remove them immediately? Mm-hmm. And then Senator Waters also pointed out that the bill text read, the Department of Transportation shall remove and dispose of any roadside memorials. And the word shall rather than the word may could create a challenge if the Department of Transportation doesn't remove a memorial within 90 days you know what would the consequences be there could this sort of backfire on the department would they get heat for not removing these so who knows i thought it was interesting that they say they leave the monument up for 90 days after the incident being memorialized rather than 90 days after the monument was put up so i know the state keeps records on when and where traffic fatalities occur but it seems like it could kind of be a bureaucratic mess to suddenly have to keep track of all the fatalities that occurred and compare them to how long each cross has been up Maybe it wouldn't be that hard, but I don't know. It just seemed very complicated to me. Anyway, while I know this issue might seem kind of trivial to listeners, it has many Granite Staters fired up on both sides. So some think roadside memorials have grown increasingly gaudy and even hazardous, and they think HB 1553 would address this problem. Others think that they are an important and moving reminder for all motorists to drive cautiously. So Whichever side you fall on, you can tell your state senator how you think they should vote on HB 1553. To get started on that, you can visit citizenscount.org slash elected officials to learn who represents you and how you can contact them. All right, Anna, you know what time it is. It's time for our trivia segment only in New Hampshire. Fire a factoid at me. Okay, so we're talking about roadside memorials, which kind of relates to graveyards. So how about some ghost stories? (laughs) Maybe a little bit of a a stretch, but I found this gem. 
Did you know there is a ghost New Hampshire state legislator? Okay. Which actually, now that I think about it, considering we have 400 state legislators elected every two years. Yeah, there's only one? Uh, Yeah, no, that's (laughs) as I'm saying this, I'm like, there should be a lot, shouldn't there? There should be way more. So (laughs) the ghost appears to reside at the Amos Blake House, which was built in 1837 in Fitzwilliam. Amos Blake was a prominent attorney and state legislator. So Terry Harlow, the curator of the house, has claimed 11 ghosts have been detected at the property, also including a ghost cat. Yes. Harlow says the attic is a hot spot for spooky encounters. There's also a grouchy man by the stairs, a woman who likes to dance and make herself heard. From what I read, I didn't get any stunning details of what the legislator did. I, I mean... One could like point maybe yelling out like point of order or or just saying like Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what a legislator <laughs> legislating would be doing from beyond the grave. Yeah, yeah. May, or maybe yeah. I suppose it would also depend like on on which party who was in, you know, and like what the argument of the time was. So we can only we can only speculate. We can only speculate. I also like that there are eleven ghosts. So not the same ghost seen 11 times, but they somehow have distinguished all of the ghosts from each other. Yeah, have, did they not determine that what if Amos Blake could turn into a cat? Like, we, wow. don't, we don't know what happens after you die. That's like hocus pocus right there. That's that's a whole... Just throwing that out that's there. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up for today's episode, but you can find more information and episodes at citizenscount.org. We'd like to thank Franklin Pierce University for producing and the Granite State News Collaborative for hosting our theme music was composed by me mike dunbar and lastly we thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be part of what makes new hampshire by the people for the people